There is a song, um, I don't know if the kids sing it, or uh, I'll do that later, or <clears throat> downstairs now or not, and it, it is a Sunday school song, a kid's Sunday school song. I did not, I wasn't in a church that had Sunday school when I was a kid, you know, so I didn't learn it there. I learned it somewhere, though. Um, it is not politically correct. You know, in fact, it, it, you know, it, it's, uh, but it's a fun song in an earworm kind of way. Um, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree from the Lord he wanted to see. So there's, here's, here's, you know, the, the couple of questions for you to think about as we look at this passage. Uh, do you want to see the Lord? Now, we use that phrase sometimes, meaning that, well, that would be nice. For example, you know, I, w- I would like to see my sisters. You know, I have three sisters, uh, two in the Chicago area, one lives in Florida. And I would like to see my sisters, meaning it would, it would be nice. So, you know, my first question to you is, do you want to see the Lord? The second question is, what are you doing about it? You see, because while I, I could tell you, I'd like to see my sisters, meaning it would be nice, I'm not doing anything about it. You see, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing anything uh, to make that happen. So, you know, when we think, you know, that, you know, the Lord, we want to see the Lord, you know, do you want to see the Lord? Well, what are you doing about it? Let's pray. We're going to look at our passage about Zacchaeus today. <clears throat> Father, thank you for your uh, word to us. We sometimes like it and we sometimes well if we're real honest sometimes um, we get annoyed not because of your word but because of what it reveals about us annoyed is not the position we want to be in what we want to be in is that position that um, allows us to not only see you more clearly and we definitely need that we need to see you more clearly But we need to take it beyond that to the reality of opening our life to you in a way that it changes our life, in a way in which we are continuing to be made new for you, in which we are continuing to follow you. Teach us from your word today. Maybe we'll see some things in a familiar story that we haven't really paid too much attention to before. And maybe you'll simply remind us of something that we need to be reminded of. Uh, So we open ourselves to you as we open your word. With thanks, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to be in Luke chapter 19. So if you're using a pew Bible, it's page 966. If you're using your phone, it's somewhere else. If you know, so you can go ahead and get to it. However you get to it, we're going to go through the first 10 verses. Now, not all at once. We're going to hit, you know, two, three, one, and then 
things like that, we'll, we'll see. And I'm simply going to share some observations and applications uh, with you as I move through the text, but they relate to those questions I asked at the beginning because as I was thinking through it, this is just kind of what God was, was asking me, you know, do you want to see me? And what are you going to do about it? You know, what are you doing about it? Uh, so follow along. Verse 1 says, He entered Jericho, that's Jesus, entered Jericho when it was passing through. There was a, name, a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able to because of the crowd, since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, because today I must stay at your house. Now we're going to pause there for a minute. Notice it says he was a chief tax collector. Uh, That would be a very lucrative position. Now somebody who has a lucrative position isn't necessarily going to be rich. It depends on what they do with their money and how they use their money. Uh, You could make a lot of money and give a lot of money away. Uh, You could make a a lot of money and foolishly waste it. Uh, You can make a lot of money and and end up with nothing, you see. But uh, here it says he was a uh, chief tax collector and he was rich. He became a rich man at the expense at the expense of those he collected taxes from. He became a rich man of those who were there, those who lived there, and they resented him for it. They resented the fact that he got that he got rich off of them paying taxes. Not too many people enjoy paying taxes. I know there's probably one or two of you, uh, you know, that, that do, but, uh, not too many people enjoy that. They didn't enjoy it either, and they resented, they resented uh, Zacchaeus for his role in that. They saw him, well, as, not, not just the fact that he got rich off of them, but in their minds, he did it as being a traitor. You see, because he collected taxes for the Romans. The Romans occupied Jerusalem, occupied where God's people lived. And they, you know, as the occupying force, then they, you know, collected taxes whether they liked it or not, you see. And Zacchaeus then joins together with them in doing that and collecting the taxes. So he, you know, that, that position would not have been, uh, while it was lucrative, it wouldn't have been an enviable position if you want to have friends. Now, Zacchaeus' curiosity here, gets more, he desired to see Jesus. You know, it says that Jesus was passing through there, and he desired to see. Notice what it says. He wanted to see who Jesus was. That was interesting to me. He wants to know more about Jesus. And that motivated him to do something. Because he wanted to see him, it motivated him to do something about it, even though it may have been seen as undignified for this man, this rich man, to climb up into this tree. And it may have, it may have seemed undignified. He took up this position in the tree to get a good look. Now, it probably wasn't too out of the ordinary. I remember seeing pictures of Wrigley Field before they made the walls higher and put the, and put the um, other buildings there. And uh, there's people standing in the trees watching, watching the, the baseball game. Uh, I've seen the same thing for the track down at Indy. 
uh, people uh, sta- in, standing in the trees and sitting in the trees across on the outside of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway watching the race. You see, I mean, this isn't anything new. This is something that was, that was done, you know, so it, it probably wasn't too out of the ordinary. But here's the point. He put in the effort to make sure he saw Jesus. He was, as the chief tax collector, you see, he could, he, it was not only a lucrative position, but it was a busy position because people didn't always necessarily want to pay their taxes, you know, and you chase the people down and you do what you got to do. Um, you know, but here he set time aside and he overcame the obstacles. The obstacles would be not just his height, but notice what it says. It says there that, um, that he, he couldn't see them. He wasn't able to see them because of the crowd. We've gone to the zoo uh, with our grandchildren, and one of the things, you know, you get to buy the otters or the lion or something. There's a glass thing there, you know, and you have to move up to it. And one of the things I notice is people very often will let, you know, kids or shorter people um, get up there because they can look over them. Zacchaeus wasn't a well-liked man. So when it says because of the crowd, it's because they weren't going to give him any help at all. They weren't going to be any help to him. In fact, they would do what they could be to be a, a hindrance to him, I would think. You know, but he, he set that time aside. He overcame the obstacles. He made sure he did it. We need to put in the effort that we need to to see Jesus. <coughs> if you want to see him, put in the effort necessary to see him this right here this point right here is where a lot of us fall down this is the weak link for us the weak link we don't make an intentional deliberate effort effort is more than saying well i tried how how did you try how is it? What did you do? What did you do in order to see? Well, you know, I, I, I prayed this morning and, and, then, and then I was, you know, distracted and I went on about my day. How, how is it, you know, if we try, how did you try? What did you actually do? What did you actually put into place? Not just thinking about it, not even just developing a mental plan. What physical actions did you do? What, what steps of action did you take that shows you put in the effort to see Jesus? It says, since he was a short man. Now notice, he didn't use that as an excuse and walk away. Quit making excuses. Well, I'm busy, Pastor. You don't understand. Don't, don't worry about what Pastor thinks. You know, worry about what the Lord thinks. I'm a I'm a I'm a busy man. It sounds a little different when we're saying that when we're when we're saying that to God, don't doesn't it? Doesn't it? I mean, you know, we could say it to one another, but you don't understand my schedule. Sounds a little odd if we're going to say that to God, doesn't it? You don't understand my schedule. You don't understand how busy I am. Let me rephrase that for you. You don't understand how busy I've made myself. Maybe that's a little closer to the truth for us. 
problem is we don't understand how busy we've made ourselves. Quit making excuses. He could have made excuses. He had a job that was a busy job. That was a job that, that, would, that would take you know, more than just him. That's why it says he was the chief tax collector. So he most likely oversaw other tax collectors. You know, so there was a busy position here. You know, it says that, you know, he, he did what he needed to do to actually make it happen. Look at verse 4. It says he went ahead, he ran ahead, he prepared. I don't want to hurt your feelings. But you don't prepare because you don't want to. I mean, isn't that the truth for us? No, I want to. No, if you want to, you'd do it. We don't prepare because we don't want to. Because we don't want to take that time. We don't want to put that effort in. We don't want to have our schedule. We, don't, we, don't, we, we want to do something... <clears throat> We want to do some. I'll say this and we'll say, oh, no, that's not true. We want to do something else more than we want to see Jesus. Well, that's not true. I can only judge by our actions. I can only judge by the act. We want to do something else. More than we want to see Jesus. We want to do something else more than we want to spend time with him. Which, you know, is, is the battle for us here. You know, the battle is putting in that effort. To, and we need to quit making excuses. What I like, you see in verse 5, Jesus responds to his efforts. And he responds to them in a very personal way. He looks up, uh, you know, and again, we're not told. But I, I don't think Zacchaeus was the only one in the tree. That's just my opinion. It's just a thought. It's, you know, not doesn't tell us in the Bible, so certainly don't go to the bank on that one. Uh, but the point is, he looks up. Well, here's, here's what I do know for sure. There were a lot of other people around. Whether they were in the tree or not is irrelevant. There were a lot of other people around there. It says, you know, there was a crowd of people. And out of that whole crowd of people that were there, all of those people that were crowding in to see him and to get close to him, and some probably what we would say, oh, they're very worthy, you know, because uh, our system's a little skewed. But, you know, we would say, oh, they, and, and out of all of those people, he picks Zacchaeus. The one probably that the rest of them would see as, as the least likely to be chosen. The least likely for him to, to, to say something to. And he responds to him in a personal way. Zacchaeus, today, I'm going to be at your house today. You know, today. The only one mentioned that Jesus reached out to and engaged personally here. Jesus responded to his effort. God does not ignore us, and God does not ignore our efforts. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, I tried this and I... He doesn't ignore our efforts. He's very clear about that. Deuteronomy chapter 4, he says, But from there you will search for the Lord your God, and what? You will find him 
You will find him when you seek him with all your heart, with all your soul. You will, you will find him when you don't simply do a casual pursuit. This is more than a casual pursuit. This is intentionally making time, making time to see him, making time to, to get to know him, making time to get into his word. Uh, Jeremiah chapter uh, thir- 29, verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. With all your heart, not a casual pursuit, but an effort, a serious effort. God is not hiding from us. You know, he's not hiding from us. He's not avoiding us. He wants us to know him. He wants to spend time with us. He is not, you know, he is not saying, well, I'll just sit here and wait and see if they come by. He wants us to spend time with him. He wants us to get to know him. Put in the effort. You need to do to see Jesus. Pick up with me. Verse 6. <coughs> so he, that's Zacchaeus, uh, quickly came down and welcomed him, welcomed Jesus joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. He's calling to lodge with a sinful man. Those two verses to me, when I was reading those, it's just like, we understand, but when you look at the verses, it's really odd. Zacchaeus comes down, you know, quickly and joyfully, and all everyone who saw it is complaining because Jesus gave him the attention that they wanted. Because Jesus is, you know, is is going to someone who they think isn't worthy. Jesus, uh, when Jesus talks and says something to Zacchaeus, it seems here Zacchaeus responded immediately. He responded immediately when Jesus addressed him. He didn't put it off. He didn't say, you know, I, I just wanted a glimpse. I'm good now, you know. I'm good. You, you don't need to come into my house. You know, uh, he he didn't come up with other things to do first. Now we've seen the scripture in other places, uh, you know, where that where that happens. Uh, Zacchaeus does, you know, he doesn't. Want waste any time he doesn't give in to distractions there's my problem he doesn't give in to distractions i'm my own biggest distraction and i i really am and uh, you know but it doesn't take much to distract me sometimes you know and and uh, ask my wife ask my kids uh, ask yourself, you've seen it. Uh, you know, the, it, it doesn't take much to distract me sometimes. Well, we give, you know, we don't, you know, you, you don't give in to these things. And Zacchaeus didn't do that. Quite the opposite of some who encountered Jesus. Luke chapter 9, it says, As they were traveling on a road, someone said to him, speaking to Jesus now, he says, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus told him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. Lord, he said, first let me go bury my father. But he told him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you uh, go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you. I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. All of these making excuses, all of these other things I need to do. But first, let me, you know, let me, let me do, let me. And we come up with all of these other things. I was reading this morning about the rich young, the fellow we refer to as a rich young ruler. 
<coughs> excuse me, and he comes up to Jesus and, Lord, what must I do to be saved? You know, I've been a good guy. Jesus said, well, you know, you know the commandments. I kept them all. I got them all. That's me. I'm good. You know, what, what, what must I do, though, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, you know, you know there's just this one thing here that's getting in your way. You know, to, to get, get this out of your way, you know, give, give away everything you have, you know, sell it and give the money to the poor. Um, and it says he went away sad. Because he felt it cost him too much. We put a value, you know, on these things, whether it's time or or whatever, you know, whatever. When God tells you to do something, do it. And and do it right away, rather than putting it off, rather than waiting till later. When God tells you to do something, do it. You know, follow him, listen to him, do what he says. He, he, He is for you. He is not against you. He wants you to grow. He wants to know you. He wants you to to be less burden not more burden he's not doing he's not doesn't tell you these things to make things more difficult for you but to open things up for you in a much fuller better way now god gives us very clear direction see we get all hung up with this you know and well god told me to do this or that i would ask you is it in line with his word if it's not in line with his word then god didn't tell you that because god's not going to contradict himself god's not going to tell you to do something other than what's in his word other than what is in line with his word Psalm 19 says, The instructions of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey, which comes from the honeycomb. In addition, your servant is warned by them, and there is great reward in keeping them. He, you know, when, we, when we think about you know, what God has told us to do, we all already know more than we're obeying. And we can start obeying his word and, and to do it right away. Psalm 119 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. Why? Because his word is true. His word is trustworthy. His word is, is going to help us be, be, be pure. Uh, verse, uh, uh, Psalm 119 again, verse 11 says, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. See, I know your word, I'm familiar with your word, why? So that I won't sin against you, so that I can follow his guidance and his direction and not fall into sin. Verse 105, same psalm. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path, helping us to see, making it, making it clearer, making, making things be, before us, you know, those things that we think sometimes are. I've told you before, and you really need to grasp a hold of this. There is no such thing as a gray area. We talk about gray areas. I am fully convinced there is no such thing as a gray area. God is not the least bit confused about what he wants for you. He is not the least bit wondering about what's right in your life. 
or which way you should go even. He is not the least bit confused. If it's a, it's a, a gray area, it's simply something that needs more light. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. If Ginny and I don't agree on something, one of us or both of us is wrong. And when we don't agree on something, well, you're the man, you're the head of the... No, what a, a foolish man will just go ahead and plow ahead with his own thing without consulting his wife and without consulting the Lord. Because if my wife and I can't agree on something, one of us or possibly both of us are wrong. And so that is the time that we then need to seek God together for clarity. Why? Because your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. And God is not the least bit confused about what he wants for us. You know, we always look, wait for this big magical thing and ignore his, you know, and ignore his word. It's, we need to realize the power and the direction of his word. Hebrews chapter 4 says, For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. I like that picture. To me, let me give you Pat's paraphrase. You know, the word of the Lord is living and effective, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as cutting away the fat. Of helping us to make sense of life. It is able to judge the ideas and thoughts of the heart. Sometimes we avoid it because we know. We know that, that the, the, the thoughts and the ideas we have are not in line with God. And so we avoid it. First Peter chapter 1. By obedience to the truth, having purified yourselves for sincere love of the brothers, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. It brings life. First John chapter two. I have written to you, children, because you have come to know the father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. God's word remains in you. And you have had victory over the evil one. How? Why? Because God's word remains in you. (coughs) His word is very clear. 99% of God's will is revealed for you in his word. Know it. Learn it. Live it. Those who are watching Jesus and Zacchaeus here, they complained about Jesus having anything to do with this chief tax collector. You see, they couldn't get over what Zacchaeus had done. They couldn't get over the person they thought Zacchaeus was. Of all the people here, Jesus, that you decided you were going to have a a talk with, that you were going to spend some time with, it was Zacchaeus? You picked Zacchaeus? How in the world could he pick that guy? See, if you focus on other people's sin, you may miss seeing Jesus. They were right there. They were right there seeing all of this. And what what did they focus on? 
He's talking to this sinner. They were so... Zacchaeus wanted to learn who Jesus was. They were there, I'm assuming some of them at least, were there because they wanted to know who Jesus was. He talks to Zacchaeus, and they can't get, they can't get beyond that. They can't get over that. So they didn't... They didn't learn anything about Jesus. They didn't learn anything from Jesus because they were so focused on this sinner who was there. Zacchaeus. Stop looking at others. Start looking at Jesus. And as you see him better, you'll be, as you see him better, you'll be able to see better to help others see him as well. Those watching, you know, they, they didn't see Zacchaeus as worthy. Of attention from God. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel that way that, you know, a particular person doesn't deserve any attention from God? I was reading a brief article this morning about um, what some of the Christians in Afghanistan are going through now. Um, you know, in the article, was talking about uh, the leader of whatever those folks over there are now. Um, And they said, we have the right to run our country the way we see fit. And I thought to myself, how can anyone be so vile? How can anyone be so foul to do this to another human being? Do you ever feel a particular person doesn't deserve any attention from God? Um, you know, that maybe they're too bad. Too bad for you to bother with. Too bad for you to talk with. Don't buy that lie about others. And let me also tell you, don't buy that lie about yourself. Thinking that you're too bad and that God shouldn't give you his attention because of the person you are. He gives us his attention because of the God he is. It is because of him. You know, it, it is because of him. It, you know, and, and it's 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 the reality of who he is. It's the reality of who he is, you know, that helps us know the love and grace of God. After Jesus calls the tax collector Levi, Matthew, not, not here with Zacchaeus, when he's calling his disciples and he calls Levi, he names him Matthew, to be one of his disciples, Matthew throws a banquet and invites other tax collectors. And it says, when the scribes and the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he told them, those who are well don't need a doctor, but the sick do. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. God reaches out to us and to sinners because he is God. 
because he is God, not because of the worthiness. He reaches out to the unworthy. Why? Because he is God and because of his love. We need to move along. Um, If you focus on what other people say, uh, you may miss seeing Jesus. If you focus on what other people say. So, this works from both ends here. The Pharisees had a high position, and the Pharisees loved, you know, they loved that position, and they loved the praise of people, it says, so they didn't see Jesus. Because, you see, they, they were, this works from both ways, you know, on, on not focusing on what other people say. If you're focusing on, you know, on the praise from other people, you're going to miss Jesus. You know, you're, you're going you're to miss what, what, what he says, you know. They saw, the Pharisees saw somebody gaining the popularity that they wanted to have. If we, get fo- if we get focused on the other person who's doing, you know, who's doing better than we are, who's doing more than we are, who seems to be growing more than we are, who seems to be having more than we are, we're going we're gonna to be focused on that. We're going to... You know we're going to miss we're going to miss Jesus. Uh, Matthew, on the other hand, had a low position. He was a tax collector. Now he could have focused on what the Pharisees said about him and walked away from Jesus. Well, they're right. You know, that's tax collectors and sinners. And he, but he didn't. He didn't walk away from Jesus. Even though other people saw him as unworthy, he didn't walk away from Jesus. And he saw Jesus do great things those next three and a half years as he walked together with him as his disciple. He saw him do great things. Zacchaeus knew what others thought about him. It was no secret. It was no secret what people thought about tax collectors. Uh, you know, and, and he knew that. But he responded to Jesus and he responded quickly. And he was able to make a real connection with Jesus. Follow along. Verse 8. It says, But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. You see, Zacchaeus here, he's so impacted by the fact that Jesus took note of him. He is so impacted by the fact that he wanted to have a relationship with Jesus that he responded, and he responded generously. Now, the law says that a thief had to repay four times that, you know, the amount that was stolen. Notice, first, Zacchaeus gives away half of all he had to the poor. He gives away half of all he had to to the poor. And people say, well, you know, that's probably enough. No, then he goes on and he says, you know, then out of what's left, I'm going to repay fourfold as the Lord requires. He went above and beyond what was required. He was willingly generous. Respond to the Lord with joyful generosity. Respond to the Lord with joyful generosity. Now, here's, here's the, the, what I'm talking about with this. Don't look to simply get by. Don't look for the least that you can do to respond to God. Respond generously. Respond to Him generously. Yes, with your finances, but also with your time. You want to see you want to see Jesus. You want you want to, to see Him. Then you need to respond with your time. What you value is reflected in you know where you spend your time and where you spend your money. Matthew six: Don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But collect for yourselves treasures in heaven, 
where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where neither thieves and where thieves don't break in and steal. And the verse we started with this morning: For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you value is what you're responding to. What you value is what you are living out. You want to see Jesus? How do you value him? You know, sometimes we think that we, we, we can give money and that makes up for the time we don't want to give. No, we should give both to God and we should give generously. Verse 9. Pick up verse 9. Uh, Today salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him. Because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. You see, Zacchaeus' actions show that he had a change of heart. It showed that he, you know, that, that he had a real relationship with Christ because he, was, he began to change. He began to live that out. That's what repentance is. That change of, of living. That, that change, not just in our attitude, but the change in living. The change that comes out is that change of heart. You know, that where the treasure is, there your heart will be also. That we begin to treasure God more than any of these other things. Zacchaeus, notice, and it says as well, all who saw, verse 7 talks about all who saw. They all saw the same interaction. They all saw the same incident with Jesus. They were all viewing the same, the same thing there. Uh, the difference, the difference, you know, was in all those who saw the incident, you know, they saw, you know, Jesus as an interesting person. They had heard about him. Maybe they saw him do some miracles. <coughs> they came out to see him, maybe to see him do some miracles again. They felt he, they knew who he was, you know, and, and that was all they needed to know about him. Zacchaeus, on the other hand, came because he wanted to know who Jesus was. And when he saw more, he learned more. And what he learned was that Jesus was, was somebody worth living for. He changed his life. Zacchaeus changed his living to be in line with Jesus. He chose to live following Jesus. Let me ask you again. How do you see Jesus? How do you see Jesus? And what are you doing about it? When you truly see Jesus, it will change your living. Put in the effort that you need in order to see Jesus. Quit making excuses. Put in that effort. Do what God tells you to do. His word is there to guide us. Don't put it off. Do it. And don't be so focused on how bad other people are that you miss seeing Jesus yourself. You know, and don't let other people's opinion of you keep you from seeing Jesus. Listen to him more than you listen to others. And he said, you are worthy of my son's life on the cross. I love you that much. Listen to what he says. Respond to him with joyful generosity. Your actions are following your heart. Do you want to see Jesus? Do what you need to do to see him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for opening my heart and my life to you. Thank you for teaching me 
and giving me people who help me to see you and understand you. Thank you for opening your word. And it's not because I'm a pastor, Lord, it's because you are God. Now, Father, toward that, we want to open our lives and give our lives to you in an unhindered way. Guide us to open our lives to you, to put in the work, the effort, the time, to make you a priority in our living, in our life, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.